0: <laughs> winner, winner, chicken it yeah. down! Yeah. Four! You got real talent. Don't we'll concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once
1: again to another edition of the Links and Locks Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from GolfBet. He is Ben Everill from the PGA Tour, and we're about to break down our best bets from the Mexico Open, 18 holes, 18 bets. And first, Benny... I know you were at the Zura Classic this past weekend. I know you're not somehow at the Zura Classic anymore. Would you like to fill in the listeners as to <laughs> your travel travails over the past twenty four hours?
2: Oh well, it was actually just a twenty five hour day. I had to get up <laughs> super early to leave Nola. I got diverted in the air, circling in the air on the way to a stop to Austin. Forced into a regional airport, drop down. A, I think College Station. Sat on a tarmac for five hours. Got off the plane, waited in that little airport. Got back on. Anyway, I eventually got to Vegas from where I had to drive to L.A. between 11 and 4 a.m. So it was uh, pretty cool. <laughs> you know, but you know what? I will say that I'm pretty sure that my outright pick last week was Xander and Patrick. So at least I have that put going for me.
1: Good. Well, I'm glad that karma came back. The golf gods yeah. shut you down <laughs> with a, a terrible travel day after you gloat about your winning pick. Now, congratulations. <laughs> good pick. Let's get right to the first tee. You're up first as we go through 18 holes with our best bets.
2: I'm going to start, mate, with one of my winning plays for the week. Usually I leave them both near the end, but I'm going to start off with a bang and say that a guy that I don't think has necessarily been looked at amongst the uh, elite in the field this week that I think had been a bit undervalued, Sebastian Munoz. I think that Sebastian Munoz is a big player this week. He's been sort of trending and then there thereabouts over the first part of this season, doing nothing amazing call it a gut feel i think that we're going to have some latin american flavor at the top of this leaderboard there in the mexico Open. i don't necessarily think it's going to be the mexicans themselves although they'll try super hard. and i really hope that someone like abraham answer can get it done something tells me that extra pressure that goes with the national open yeah. might just be a factor yeah. so i'm going to pivot a little bit to one of the other latin american players in sebastian munoz i think that's someone to look at
1: you're gonna make me do this to you Right off the bat, huh? I had it slotted for the 16th hole. You and I don't talk about these picks beforehand at all, but I'm going Sebastian Munoz with one of my outright (laughs) plays. I have him in the preview. I wrote about him Sunday night, Monday morning. Sebastian Munoz is a guy that's finished between 21st and 39th in each of his last six starts. What that tells us is... He's playing at a really high floor, hasn't quite hit the ceiling yet, but it's a weaker field. It's an inferior field this week. He should feel a higher confidence level. And I'm with you. I like him a lot. Abraham answer is sort of a fade for me this week. He has not played well. He's played well at the but He hasn't played well at the WGC when they're playing the Mexico championship. So I do think there's going to be a little more pressure on him there. But Munoz, the guy that I really like. I had him for the 16th hole. I'll put him in there for the second (laughs) hole, and I'll work my way back down from there. But yeah, okay, so we've now played two holes. I guess we're all square because we tied those first two holes with the same play.
2: I'm going to stick with a bit of Latin flavor for my third hole, a bit of an outlier, if you will, for a top 40. I know we like to use the analytics, and that's definitely important, and, and the results and whatever, but I spent a little bit of time with this guy last week for a new role he just picked up. It was announced last week. A new assistant captain on the International President's Cup team Mm. is in very good spirits after getting tapped on the shoulder to join. Camilo Villegas, I think in this field, can get into the top 40 based on the few holes I saw him in action playing the other day and just the place where his head's at. He'll enjoy playing, obviously, over there in Mexico. He's very friendly and has shown over the last 12 months, you know, flashes of what he used to be. And I think this could be a week in this field that he might just sort of get up and amongst it. So I like top 40. I could even stretch it to top 20, I think. I think he might do something uh, a little out of the box.
1: All right. I like that play. Uh, That is an outside-the-box play there. I'm going to go with, for the fourth hole, A guy who's apparently the favorite of everyone in the golf betting industry this week. Everybody is on this guy. I'll have a little investment outright, but I think it's a smash play for a top 10 this week. Hitting the ball really well. It's a long golf course. Gary Woodland should show up and have a really good week. Again, you're not going to get a great number on him in any format this week, whether it's (laughs) for an outright, for a top 10, for any other prop, for DFS. But against this type of field, I look at Woodland and I look at a guy... But I'm going to mention a little bit later, Tony Fee now, in much the same vein. They don't need to be at this event this week. They're there because they want to be there, because they feel like they have some momentum, because they feel like they can step on the gas pedal and maybe pick off a victory at some point and turn this season into something a little bit better for them. So I like the fact that Woodland's going to get after it this week. Should be a good week for him to at least finish in the top ten.
2: Okay, now you've gone and made me move one around. So I'm coming back from a bit later on. I was going to bring Woodland up on the back nine myself. I have him down for a top five play. I have Woodland for the fifth hole now at top five. Top 10, I think, is great as well, as you mentioned, for all the same reasons. The note I have that I circled here is especially trending in the smaller events that he's played so far this year. Like a few years ago, you would expect him to potentially even dominate. He actually has been really finding his feet again and getting to a spot where it looks like it's only a matter of time when he knocks one of these off. I haven't quite got the confidence to go out right on him at the numbers you see. He's shown he can still be a little shaky on a Sunday in that regard to win the thing outright. But I do feel like he's trending to be in the position to potentially win again. And it will just need a bit of luck when he does finally get another one of those wins. And then I think you'll see him actually Going a little bit of a run. I feel he's one of those players that, if he does jag a win say this week, then he'll be a contender at the PGA Championship out of nowhere. He'll be like a top five player there too, as potentially. So Gary Woodland, yep, top five, top ten. I think he's ready to knock one of the smaller weeks off, if you will.
1: There you go. I like that. Sixth hole. I originally had Kevin Chapel as my favorite top twenty play. He finished in the top twenty in each of his last two starts, and then on Monday he decided to withdraw. So looking down the list. I found a guy who's a reliable veteran, a guy who's been on my PGA Tour radio show a couple times in the last few weeks and says, I'm 46, but I cannot wait to get to PGA Tour champions. Three <laughs> rounds, no cut. Pat Perez is going to have to wait four more years because he's still playing some decent golf on the big tour. Past Grass, a tropical golf course at a resort, wide open fairways. This is Pat Perez's love language in the game of golf. If you're still talking under the age of fifty type tours, and so Pat Perez for a top twenty this week, I think is a really nice play.
2: Seventh hole for me, and we got another top ten here. Young player who, to be honest, I thought might have done more by now in his career. He's done pretty well. He's already a winner on tour. He fits into what Sam Burns has been able to do, and I thought they might actually be going toe to toe over their careers so far, but. Aaron Wise, I think, is primed to maybe come from nowhere in terms of his results this year. Like, he hasn't really set the world on fire. In fact, he's had a, quite a few miscuts, I think, that have been a little surprising to me. But again, I just feel like from what I've seen and what I've heard around the traps, the fact that I know he's pretty eager, if you will, to rejoin the conversation on the elite young talent around the tour, I think that we're going to see Aaron Wise. Start to trend into the summer again. I would not be surprised. He's the type of guy, whether it's the PGA or the U.S. Open, as well, that will be up and around and amongst it. You know, maybe I'm uh, getting ahead of myself, but like oh, he's someone I could see as the first round leader at the PGA or the first round yep. leader at the yep. U.S. Yep. Open. Yep. And I feel like Aaron Wise is going to start that trend this week.
1: I will be mentioning Aaron Wise, but not just yet. Ah, save him for later. Yeah, I like Aaron Wise a lot this week. All right, eighth hole. I'll give you another young player, a younger player who's having a nice rookie season. He's one of the better long and mid-iron players, 175 to 200. I think is a metric that we need to look at this week. And Austin Smotherman fits that metric. He's also, oh, by the way, the 2018 Mexico Open champion. Now, granted, it was at Tijuana that week. That's 1,363 miles away from Vedanta Vallarta, where they'll play this week. And so I don't think that's going to mean a whole lot unless he wants to take a 24 hour car ride. I've done lots of Mexican geography research this week and none of it really factors for Smotherman other than this course should fit him just like that one did. And so it can't be bad vibes going back to the Mexico open. It can only be good ones. And so uh, just a top 30 there for Smotherman. A lot of books don't have top 30s. You won't play a top 20. I don't hate it this week. All
2: right, I'll finish off the front nine. I'm going to go for a long shot. Normally I like to look for triple figures when we talk long shots, but it's just getting a little bit dicey in terms of someone who I think might actually, actually win. I think there's a few that could contend, and we've talked about those in, you know, top 20s, top 40s, etc. But here's one I like at 70 to 1, Aaron Rye. Coming off a T4 with David Lipsky at Zurich, had some success in Europe. He sort of gets forgotten about a little bit. He's a top-level player that hasn't quite broken through yet on the PGA Tour, but is threatening to do so. Great story. Still love the fact that, I don't know if you haven't heard about it, he you know, leaves the iron covers on. Because his old man, they you know, he had no money growing up and always wanted to protect the clubs that everybody sacrificed to make sure he got. So Aaron Rye, I think that, again, another player that you need to keep an eye on. And it's 70 to 1. I would be sprinkling him from outright 5, 10, 20, 40. I think he could go across the board.
1: I like that. All right. So as we make the turn, Benny, let's tell the listeners about PGA Tour. Pick them live. They can play it every single week on pgatour.com throughout the digital platforms. And I know you've got to pick an outright, a top 10 and a top 20. And you want to find some guys with some big numbers next to their names. You can play for free. You can win some big prizes there. So there's really no... Downside, it's all upside. Why wouldn't you do it and try to win yeah. something?
2: PJ Tour pick them live. You're right, mate. Look, it's just it mirrors the betting markets. It gives you a chance to win cash every week with no outlay. You can change your picks as the tournament goes along. The only problem is that they lock in at whatever the points bet live odds are at the time. So clearly, you want to start with a long shot, hope that they do well rather than get on your favorite too. Like, I mean, what, John Rahm's like 275, three to one now? Yeah, Yeah. Look, yeah. that's just not the play in this game yet he'll still be there, even if he does a good first round. So you can get on him later if you need to. I just mentioned one guy, Aaron Rye, I really like to get on when you're looking at value. Lahiri is another one that I think is something that you could get on from the early start that hopefully get him at big odds. You mentioned one, uh, Smotherman, Mm -hmm. another guy to sort of look there. They're the three that I had sort of penciled in as my early outright top 10 top 20 plays at odds for pga tour pick live this week
1: again go to pga tour.com pga tours digital platforms to get amongst it with pga tour pick live all right we make the turn i am up on the 10th tee and i am taking a flyer here but it's a guy who's had some moderate success on the pga tour in a small sample size so far they had the monday qualifier last week and usually we're waiting on the monday qualifiers we might record the pot on a Monday and they're still finishing up this time. We had some time to digest exactly who's in this field. Patrick Flavin is a guy that's now uh, played in three events on the PGA tour already. He's made the cut in all three. He's played well in some fields that are similar to the one that we're going to see this week. I'm playing Patrick Flavin all over the place. DFS. I love him at 6,500 on a week where you can't really find any bargains and in the betting marketplace, just for a top 40. And it's a decent number on Flavin, a a plus money number on him for a top 40 this week. He's got a couple already on the PGA tour this season. He's essentially the kind of guy that just needs a chip in a chair, just needs an opportunity to play on the highest level and prove that he can play and belong out there. And he's getting that chance once again this week.
2: All right, I'll go to the the 11th. I'm going to play up a first round leader option. And this is a guy that you can look across, as I said, that all markets as well. Chris Kirk. Mm. Uh, we've talked about him multiple times this year and he's sort of gotten in and around it without really hitting the line I thought he could hit but this seems like one of those weeks again it's out of the spotlight a little bit he's the type of guy that can get out early and then start to think about it (laughs) you know like that's when he starts to fall back a little but I like Chris Kirk by all reports putting won't be as huge a deal this week at the new course and sometimes that's what holds him back a little bit especially those sort of, I want to say, six to 12 footers, right? No one's making as many of those. That brings them into the field even more. So I like Chris Kirk as a first round leader. I wanted to go with Abraham Answer here, but then I saw like he is the shortest price favourite to first round lead I've ever seen, other than John Rahm, obviously, this week too, which let me just get into that now while we're here. John Rahm could obviously win this thing by ten. But John Rahm could also miss the cut if he's just there to sort of feed his way in. So I just can't see anybody wanting to get on at three to one this early, even in this strength of field. So don't think I'm dismissing his chances to win. I just don't think the odds are any value whatsoever.
1: You want me to go with my first round leader or my fade Rahm play? Which one do you <laughs> like right here?
2: Well, why don't you go off fade Rahm since we're there?
1: All right. So for the 12th hole here, I'm gonna play a matchup where I take Tony Finau against yep. John Rahm. Again, I mentioned Gary Woodland earlier. He's there for a reason this week. It's not because he needs the exemption. If he wins, it's not because, oh man, I need the money or I need the FedEx cup points. He's got all this stuff. He's a major champion. Tony Finau coming off a playoff win last year. is a top 30 player in the world. He doesn't need to be there this week. The reason he's there is because he feels like his game is close. He feels like his game is in a good place and he wants to take that next step and be able to step on the gas pedal a little bit. John Rom, can you go win this by 10? Like you said, Benny? Yeah, of course he can. He has that kind of talent. I'm just getting some Fortinet championship vibes. And if you remember, <laughs> he was a similar price at the season opener. We all kind of scratched our heads and said, well, why is he playing Napa to start the year? Ryder Cups next week? He missed the cut that week. I'm not Necessarily going for John Robb to miss the cut this week, but I do think that he's going to finish a little bit further down the leaderboard. Like I said earlier, I think something in the Low to mid-20s under par is going to win this event. John Rahm, who has not been putting very well so far this season. I don't know that he's got it in him to just roll in a ton of birdies this week. So I'm going to play Finau at a nice number. I got it, I think, plus 215, plus 220 for Finau over Rahm in a matchup this week.
2: People have asked that too. Oh, well, he missed the cut because you can get like seven, nine to one on that. Yeah. But I think the key in here is that the field isn't as deep as it might be other weeks, right? So he doesn't have to beat... A lot of guys with just his B game, which let's just say this, I have a feeling that he's the ambassador of the new tournament. He's going to have a lot of things to do outside of actually grinding and practicing. He's going to be mindful of keeping gas in the tank for the weeks to come. He's just not going to be like 100 in as he would be at a big event or a major or whatever. So you only have to be a little bit off to be beaten by the other players on the PGA Tour. Like you said, I think that he will stay around for the weekend just because I think his B game and his pride as much as anything else will keep him around sort of the top 30. Not a bad player to look at others against him head to head for sure. All right, we'll go to the 13th hole, top 20 play for me. Again, sort of like the Chris Kirk mold where if he gets his ball striking going like it did in big events and can just make half enough of the putts that matter, he'll be in it amongst it. And you get three to one First top 20 and that's Anabhan Lahiri. I don't know much about the course, but everything I'm hearing about it is that it's Lahiri's type of place where he's done well in the past, whether it be in his native India or places where he's gotten to play and he can just sort of take aim and sort of plot his way around. I think there's great value in Lahiri this week for those top 40, top 20s, top 10 even.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go to my first round leader. You mentioned Chris Kirk earlier. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. If you're betting first round leader and the guy comes in second, you ain't getting cash, so it, you don't really care about the floor. You're caring about the ceiling. Peter Malnati has a big number next to his name, 100-1, oh, first-round yep. leader. He is the quintessential yes. all-or-nothing type player. Last season, his Thursday scores, he had a 62, a 63, a couple yep. 65s. Also had a few 78s and an 81. So <laughs> it is legitimately all over the board. This season, he's got 367s. He's got 68, a bunch of 69s also had a 75. He really is all or nothing, but if you're making this bet, you want an all or nothing play, especially a guy with a big number yeah. next to his name, Peter Malnati. I don't necessarily like him for all four rounds, but can he throw up a 62, 63 in this type of event? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You got the feeling that the score is going to go deep, right? So someone who can get on a roll like that, a history of going low for one round is perfect. You know, like you don't have to worry about it. said the same I said about Kirk. Like, He does get a little jittery and jumpy towards the end of a Sunday when he starts to feel himself in contention for a long period of time and he has to work through that. But in the beginning, when the pressure is not really there, he stays lights out and can do it. The 15th, another top 10 player I'm looking at here. I'm surprised you haven't set him so far. I thought I might be jumping off the back of you at some point here because he's a guy that you've been on quite a bit over the last few weeks and just sort of has been trending to do something uh, hasn't quite got there yet. And I feel like that this might be another week where he threatens. Kevin Nah, 210 top 10. 14th, I think at the Masters it was. Uh, maybe 25th or so at Heritage when we really expected him to have a big week. I'm going to go one more week on him. I think that the trend is there. I'm going to give him one more crack, and this is a week where I think Kevin Na could push for the outright win, but I've got him at top 10, 210.
1: I do like Kevin Na this week. It's a long golf course for him, but he does play really well with his mid and long iron, so I don't mind that. Going to the 16th hole, here's a guy that I'm playing all over the place. Outrights, props, DFS, whatever you got. I've been saying it for a while now. You're not going to get Sahith Figala at the kind oh, of yeah. price that you can get him at right now, especially in this type of field. I'm telling you, 12 months from now, you'll go yep. back and go, oh, let me look at the odds for the Mexico Open back in 2022. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Saif Figala was 80-1? to one? Yes. How did we not all bet it? And so doesn't mean he's going to win. It just means that in a field that doesn't have a lot of value up and down the board, Figala gives you some value. He is as talented as anybody in this field who's not named John Rom. I'm going to be playing him a lot over the summer in some secondary type events. Yeah. This one fits the bill as much as any of them. I've got Figala everywhere this week.
2: You know, I agree on this, that it's only a matter of time with this kid. I'll be stunned if he hasn't won something before the playoffs. I think that he's going to pick one of these up. You know, your 3Ms, your John you know, all of those, whatever he plays in, it's eventually going to happen. Keep putting your five units or whatever on him every week. I wouldn't until he hits because he's going to hit. And once he does, you're never going to see those numbers ever again. Mm -hmm. So get it while you can. That's definitely a good call. 17th hole. Like him for the win, obviously. Top five is a good bet too here. surprise. Surprise. Someone from a land down under, Matt Jones.
0: Said, from a land down under?
2: Remember, remember. Matt Jones has been sort of rocks or diamonds a little bit, but he's at 55 to one to win this week, which I think is sensational value. 10 to one for a top five, also sensational value. Third at Kapaloo with a record weekend, scoring record. It's moved him up one place. Such was, such was the, how, the, how well they did uh, at Kapalua. That was and Cameron Smith. He was behind them. He was 23 under on the weekend though, Matt Jones there. He was 15th at Riviera this year. Threatened at San Antonio a couple of weeks ago. Second, could have won that event and got himself into the Masters. He was still fired up a little bit that he didn't get that and close that deal. He's going over there to Mexico with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's had some work with his coach who was over. He's in a good form. I think at 55 to one and 10 to one for that top five, incredible value. Matt Jones.
1: I know a lot of people are on Matt Jones this week, runner up at the Valero Texas open not long ago. That's a nice play. As far as my final outright selection, the 18th hole here in our best bets podcast You mentioned the name already. I couldn't bring it up when you mentioned it. Usually, I like to kind of piggyback when you mention a guy that I've already gotten written down. I had to save him for the end. My favorite outright this week. I've got outrights on Munoz. I've got Figala, who I just mentioned, but Aaron Wise, my favorite play on the board. It's been nearly four years since the first and only time he won on the PGA Tour. He's too good. To go yeah. this long in between victories. I'm telling you, this guy is a player that I've got targeted. I mentioned Figala being a top 20 player within the next year. Aaron Wise, I think, has that type of talent as well, a former NCAA champion. I'm looking for him to have a big summer, a big fall, and start taking the next step up in his career. That could start this week. I've got him outright. I wanted a little bit bigger of a number, but I'll take what I can get this week, Benny. Shop around because the books are wildly different this week, but Aaron Wise, outright favorite play on the board.
2: I think he's as talented or potentially as talented as Sam Burns, who's won three times in the last 12 months. So Aaron Wise is someone I could see having a big summer. Another guy that could pop up in a major leaderboard, and some people might go, who's that? But he is a talented kid. For Benny Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition
1: of the Links and Locks podcast, the best bets. You know you can catch us every week. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Good luck with all of your best bets. For this week's Mexico Open. Here's open you. Thank you.